0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Creator and Redeemer. Amen. This past week, I had the wonderful privilege of having my parents come to town and visit from the state of Indiana. And um, I don't know about you all, this past holiday or when you've gotten together with your family, um, after we get together, after not seeing one another for a while, we tell stories. And we remember things that people who aren't in our midst anymore, who are part of our family, all the little things that they said. And um, one of the things that we thought about a few times at meals was something that my grandpa used to say. This is my dad's dad. And um, he was known for his quirkiness and his wit and the weird things that he ate. <laughs> he was a poor farm boy. And he grew up and he kept eating the things that the, he, the poor farm boy kid, used to eat. I remember my sister and I'd be in the kitchen. And he'd pull out a tub of lard and two pieces of white bread and smear the lard on the white bread and make a lard sandwich. And, I know. my, my <laughs> my sister and I would say, Grandpa, that can't be good. He'd look at us and say, It's good if you like it. (laughs) And the same thing, I was recounting this memory to my dad, and my dad said, Well, I'll do you one better. My uh, dad, your grandpa, used to go to this little country store to get pig brains and eggs. (laughs) And my dad would say the same thing. Dad, that can't be good. He'd say, Phil, it's good if you like it. Well, those were some of the kinds of nuggets of wisdom that my grandpa would pass on. (laughs) And then there was my gram. And we remembered her especially this past year because it's been a year since she died. And um, when I was a little girl, I didn't really think of my gram, this more stoic woman, the woman who... um, did things with so much grace that came from this more dignified background. I didn't we didn't hear a lot of words of wit from her. But as I grew older, we grew closer. And she started saying things that I held deep in my heart. One of the things she said to my husband um, and she said often was the times they are a changing, quoting Bob Dylan, and my husband knew he was in the right family. <laughs> but the thing that has always ...stuck deep inside of me... ...is when my grandma would say... ...we're all in this together. If our family wasn't getting along... ...at the dinner table... ...she'd say, now everybody stop. Remember that we're all in this together. Or we'd be watching something on TV... ...a story about... ...a war raging in another country... ...and she'd say... ...if only they'd realize that we're all in this together. And she was really into... ...world religions. When she'd hear somebody in the christian community griping about the buddhists or somebody in the jewish community griping about the hindus she'd say if only we just realize that we're all in this together jesus was in the synagogue proclaiming that same message to the jews in the gospel that we heard this morning he was speaking to the covenant people proclaiming the good news from isaiah ...saying that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to spread the good news... ...that the captives would be released, as would the oppressed, the blind would see... ...and that this was the year of the Lord's favor. Now he was speaking to the synagogue, which isn't too much unlike us sitting here in this church. And those people in that synagogue understood themselves as the covenant people and often... ...members of the exclusive covenant people. Well, Jesus was preaching about something totally different... ...totally revolutionary... ...that not only were they in the synagogue... ...going to receive all the benefits of the Lord's favor... ...but so was the blind man outside the synagogue... ...and so was the adulterer that was afraid to come in... ...and so was every single human person. God's covenant was for everybody and is for everybody. Now Paul tried to conceive of God's people, all these people all together, as being one body of Christ. One body with many parts. Every single one of you and every single person in this world invited to be a part of it. But how often do we not understand this body of Christ because we don't know who we are. We don't know our part in the body, let alone understanding the part of our neighbor or the person outside these doors. How can we work together if we don't know ourselves and one another? Well, I think we have to start with knowing ourselves. And that's something that I often um, use with the youth, this image of the body of Christ. And um, some of you here who are at the General Convention Youth Program... Remember when Pam Dorff made a huge outline of the body of Christ on the floor for a hundred kids. It was like down there all the way up here. And each of the youth were supposed to choose which part of the body of Christ they were. So it was pretty inspiring. We'll say the heads down here. Flip it upside down. It was pretty inspiring to um, hear a youth say, I'm an eye because I have vision for what God's people can be and do. Or someone standing over on the hand, saying, I'm a hand because I like to reach out to help those in need. And then the girl on the heart who said, I am the heart because I have compassion. I care about others. Now, you know, All of that was wonderful and inspiring, but I noticed something. No one picked a toenail. No one picked a nose hair. And I brought that up in um, youth group a few nights ago when we were sitting in the chapel. I said, well, what would be the role of the toenail? I didn't know, and they didn't know. They just kind of looked at me. What would the role of a nose hair be? (laughs) You guys are all starting to get it, right? Well, the nose hairs in our own bodies, you take in oxygen. And the nose hairs filter out all the bad stuff. So what would a nose hair be in the body of Christ? There's the Holy Spirit that has the power to rush into this body and move us. But in this world, there's a lot of pollutants. A lot of things that threaten to contaminate the body... ...to contaminate our souls. Now all of a sudden the nose hair seems pretty important. The nose hair standing there in discernment... ...of what is the Holy Spirit... ...and what is not of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning... ...I wanted to read to you again verses 24 through 28... The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, members of the body that seem to be weaker, the nose hair, are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Hearts, hands eyes, toes, and toenails, neurons, knees, and nose hairs. Every single one of you is one of those parts, or another that I didn't name. And you have a place in the body of Christ. Now, a lot of times we think, you know, the church can function just fine without me. And you know what? The lectionary this morning, the verses that whomever put together the lectionary chose misleads us into thinking just that. In Nehemiah chapter 8... ...if you want to open up in your pew Bibles... ...it's on page 340... ...or you can check it out later or just listen. We hear about the scribe Ezra and the priest Ezra... ...who are going to proclaim the word of God... ...as these people, these covenant people... ...are rebuilding Jerusalem. And they've all gathered together for this great feast. And everyone's listening and weeping... ...and falling to the floor and praising God with great amens. But there were 26 names that I'm sure Leith George is glad he did not have to name this morning... (laughs) ...in the Bible of people who helped make all of this happen. Matahiah, Shema, Uriah, and Hilkiah are just a few of those who stood up with Ezra on the wooden platform... And Jeshua, Bonnie, Akab, Shebathai, Hodiah, and a whole 13 of those people were out in the crowd. They were the Levites translating what was being said so that everybody could understand the law. Without those people, I don't think there would have been the great celebration that there was. You, might be Ezra, the scribe or the priest. You might be Shema, Hashbadana, and no one's going to be able to know how to pronounce your name in 2,000, 3,000 years. But you have a part. You are a member of the body of Christ. So who are you? What is your role? Who's your neighbor? Who's the person sitting next to you? What is their role? And how do we encourage those who aren't here... ...to know that they are part of this too? That we are all in this together? Every week, we take some time... ...after the homily to reflect. And I want to be really intentional about that this week. That we, each individual person in this room... ...takes the time to invite the Holy Spirit... ...the voice of God to speak to them in the silence. Maybe the thing that you are looking to hear this week in the silence... ...is who am I and what is my role. And maybe you've got that figured out. And you need to ask who is my neighbor or who do I need to affirm. And maybe you've got that figured out too. And now your question is how do we do this together... Whatever it is, invite God into this next minute of silence as we tend to the body. Tend to your own body if you want to put your feet on the floor and your hands on your lap in a way that will invite the Holy Spirit. This is a moment where we all have an opportunity to listen to God's voice. And as we continue to discern who we are as a body we get closer to being in the kingdom of God. So let's take this next minute and invite God to speak to our hearts. Let us pray. Lord God, you speak to each of us in the depths of our hearts. Some words we can discern and others we don't even hear. Guide us as we all strive to be who we are in the body of Christ with one another. Knowing that as we strengthen our own part in this body we grow closer to being all in this together in the kingdom of God. Amen.